Welcome to Spoilers Intended, a podcast about series, novels, and films. For this episode, the villains have run amok, and our heroes, well, they're kind of schmucks. But maybe with a little luck, we won't all be stuck, and our heroes can show some pluck. That's right, we're talking season one of Young Justice. Hey, everybody, welcome to the show. I'm Stephen Ford, joined as always by Andrew Knuckles. Hello there. And Joel Killingsworth. Hello. So, guys, we obviously have Young Justice on deck for the show. We do. And it is, in fact, a show of which we watched one season. Uh, yeah, well. well I, I have it, watched more than he, one season. I have season. as well. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's not fair to, to review, like I'll say, like a season six of something. Sure. Because it's, it's, it's weird. It, it's it's weird. no longer the show that it initially came out as. Mm, and, right. and, like, it's. And then also, um, most people probably haven't seen all six seasons of a show. Well, it's, and, it's certainly less accessible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it would also be really rude for us to be like, season six is so great and so wonderful. And then just leave out the fact, well, you have to slog through the first three seasons if you want to earn this. <laughs> yeah. uh, that is that is one piece to a T. You have to get through about... Oh, season 25 is wonderful. <laughs> you, have to, you have to get through about, I'd say... 38 episodes oh for it to get gosh. really, to get some true investment. 38, 20 minute episodes. Yeah. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. Uh, but the, the show actually really doesn't get like fantastic until like episode 309. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I like, I, so. And there, there's still like good investment up to that point, but like you're not fully invested until so you get on, to three episode 300 on a specific level. Right. I have always recognized that one piece is an absolute gargantuan of a creature that yeah. has just been existing forever. Mm-hmm. Since but whenever, whenever you spell out, well, yeah, you know, episode 300 is where it starts to get good. And it's like, wait, there's, Oh gosh, there's like 680 episodes. No. 750. They, no, they just had their thousandth oh episode like a couple weeks ago. They're on like episode how, 1020. Now. How does a single project survive 300 not good episodes in order to get well, to the good but, stuff? Well, but no, it's, it's, it's not it's that they're a, not good. It's just that you're not fully, you're not fully invested until episode 300. Yeah. Which, which sounds funny because like they're still in inve- like obviously you're you've watched you know I'll say 150 episodes of the show you're relatively invested mm-hmm. in what they're selling however there there is like there are turning points in the series obviously that happen and when you know you hit these really big moments then you're just like oh well I'm just all in now all right kind well, of kind yeah. of experience now that we've had a fantastic discussion about the level of commitment that is required <laughs> to truly enjoy one piece it's on to our mini topic before we start to dive into Young Justice. And we haven't done one in a little while, so we felt like it was time to have a look at what everyone is watching and or reading. Yeah. And Joel looked like he was sort of hesitant and unprepared. So I'm going to throw this to him. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, oh, yes. So oh, yes. I have finally been trying to get back to my backlog reading list of non-compulsory material. And so (laughs) I have been reading Red Seas Under Red Skies, which is by Scott Lynch. It is the second installment of the Gentleman Bastards series, which is. You can't say that word on air. It's it's a title. It's a title. It's a title. I know. That's with you all. And it's essentially a fantasy setting, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's about a group of thieves who are, who 
specifically have been trained to prey on high society. So think Ocean's Eleven in mm-hmm. Fantasy Venice. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you sold me. I, I'm. I'm liking it. So, in uh, one of the unique things about this, from a a fantasy genre perspective, is that there is magic in the world, mm-hmm. but the main characters don't have anything to do with it. The magic is is mysterious, and when they run into someone who is capable of using the magic, it's a really big problem. It's a, yeah. Okay. And, and that kind of relates back to stuff that you have brought up on prior casts, mm-hmm. where when you have a soft magic system. It needs to not be the solution. It needs to be the obstacle. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm actually, I'm, I'm going to have to, I put my pen how, up. How I can't many, make it how many uh, books are in this series? Uh, how many books have I you read I would have to look series? that up. I, I, this is the second one. Okay. You, you can, the, you can look that up while I talk about what I'm watching. Yeah, go ahead. Go yeah. for it. Uh, so, uh, outside of the, the plethora of, of weekly anime, like Attack on Titan season four, final season. So like. 4.5. It's, yeah. It's like, well, it's, it's season four. Part two. 4.5. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that, that it, the, the show has kind of changed from what it initially started out as. And I don't think that's a bad thing. It, right. Because like every story has to evolve. Right. And initially Attack on Titan is kind of this uh, this horror genre of like this, it, these insurmountable kind of like brainless beasts. Are, are you Meat know just like mountains yeah that are just like eating people and and the, the, our characters can't overcome it right or it's very difficult to overcome yeah and then you get to season season four and it's completely different uh where there's like political intrigue and uh you know kind of um uh, relatively soft magic systems in existence okay and i mean there was always there's always hints because i've only watched through season two mm, there are always hints of political intrigue yeah uh, it was never really the main plot. It was kind of the side thing that gets mentioned, you know, by two characters who are talking off to the side. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, that's not a unexpected mm. evolution. Yeah. And um, I, this season's honestly been really good. Uh, the change from uh, uh, Wit Studios, which was the original production studio, to MAPPA uh, has probably actually been a good upgrade, I think. Oh, wow. that's That doesn't usually happen, I feel. It, it's usually pretty it's rare, reverse. yeah. Usually um, it's just a different style is the best way to describe it. Okay. Uh, then, because um, Holly and I just get really bored and we um, we just like like to watch like really old TV shows. We're we're rewatching Lost right now. Oh gosh. And um, that, that oh oh we're rewatching old TV shows so like I love no Lost. Uh, uh. Well, I mean we 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 watch um, I love Lucy every once in a while. Yeah, but nineties isn't old. Lost was 2003 to 2006, sir. You're just further reinforcing my point. (laughs) I mean, that was almost 20 years ago. Shut (laughs) up. I want to hear that. But uh, yeah, we're we're midway through season three right now, uh, which are arguably season two and season three, I think, uh, are considered some of the better seasons uh, than they... Before the writer's strike. Well, so writer's strike, oddly enough, only happened in season three right to the beginning of season four. Oh, okay. And then I think that they they changed so much from season four that they just kind of had to commit to the other last two seasons of like mm. the format. And uh, But I don't remember a lot of those last three seasons because I didn't really pay attention a lot. So I'm looking forward to seeing how bad the train wreck actually was. I mean, by or, all if, reports, or if it was a better train wreck than I remember bad. it being. So but, I don't know. Yeah, we'll find out. Well, on that note, Joel, have you discovered? I have discovered. So the Gentleman Bastards series is currently three books long with a fourth one in the works. Oh, the, okay. first, the first book is The Lies of Locke Lamora, followed by Red Seas Under Red Skies, which I'm currently reading, mm-hmm. followed by The Republic of Thieves, uh, 
uh, which was published in 2013, and the upcoming work is titled The Thorn of Emberlane. Okay, cool. That is pretty palatable. 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 I always pull, do that pull with that word. Pull outable. You can pull that right out. I get, get out of that word. But it's, it's far easier to digest the fact that you have to read three books of the forthcoming than mm-hmm. you're like, well, I'm actually on book 12 yeah. of The Wheel yeah. of Time. Well, and this is when it got good. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just imagine, um, I just imagine Steven sitting with a uh, with a teacup with his little pinky out, and he's like, "Yes, that was very palatable." <laughs> pinky out, come on now. Anyways, so jumping off of that exact pose, uh, <laughs> currently watching "Our Flag Means Death." Oh, yeah. about the gentleman pirate <laughs> who has one uh, of speed the bonnet. Yes, one of the amenities that he has provided his crew is a full library. In a boat. Which is a not unreasonable thing for that era, actually. No. But it's, for it's not relatively practical the just because sort of weight. crew that he has brought, it yeah. is, in fact, impractical because <laughs> they're pirates and not very good pirates at that. Uh, so it is. Are, are, are you saying that pirates can't read? I'm saying that in that era, most people who would have been making minimum wage or not making a wage would have been illiterate. Yes. Are, are I mean, you, are you making socioeconomic assumptions? No, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's almost verifiable. Fact. It's, yeah. It's, <laughs> I don't know if it's an assumption when it's history. <laughs> That's the problem. But anyways, go on tell us yes. what, what reading is wasn't necessary to death. figure out how the, the sales work. Someone showed you how. Anyways, yes. So it is about the gentleman pirate, Steve Bonnet. Bennett? Bonnet. 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 I had it right. Uh, technically, um, he was a real pirate. Who had some association with Blackbeard. Correct. And it is predominantly a comedy with, it's got some heart. It's got some wholesome. Uh, if you've seen um, What We Do in the Shadows, it's pretty on brand. It's a, I'm going to butcher this name, Taika Waititi. Uh, Taika Waititi, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I didn't butcher it. Go me. Anyways, uh, it's it's one of his projects, and it has very much so his style, mm-hmm. uh, reaching outside of weird shows that many people may not have seen. He did Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, so uh, that, which is probably his most mainstream. Most, yeah, most mainstream associated. So if you like that, you might like this. I don't know, because this is pirates, not space Hulk demigod Norses. Yeah, but... So I've watched the first three episodes. Yep. Uh, HBO Max is kind of coming out with uh, with them in waves every week, kind mm-hmm. of. And uh, the first three episodes were fantastic. I, um, Holly and I were laughing the whole time. Yeah, it's 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 a different kind of comedy, though. It's definitely funny. It it for me, it can be a little hard because it's got a lot of kind of awkward comedy. It, it's, it's kind of cringe. Yeah, and I I do struggle with that some, but it has enough heart behind it that it's okay. Mm-hmm. Well, they've they've added quite a bit of like even just in the first three episodes, like a, a decent little backstory mm-hmm. for Steed Bonnet, and uh, actually give you like some of his reasonings for doing things. Yeah, and there, I mean, there's there's actually a fair amount going on beyond just comedy pirate show. And I I have a quibble with you actually because yeah. when you were telling me about it, you were like, well, they're just they're on a wooden ship and it doesn't move. Like the set is stable. The set might be stable, but they definitely do shift the camera some to imitate as if they're at sea. Okay, yeah. yeah. It it doesn't, because I actually expected it to just be like, 
this is the most stable camera in the history of the world. And it just isn't. It actually kind of, you can feel motion in it. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like he undersold me a little there. Well, I, I think it's really more just whenever they do the wide shots of just the outside of the boat, you, it's clearly just on a soundstage. Oh no, it's just, yeah, it's just wood that they have assembled and there's nothing behind that. Yeah. yeah. But, but not in a bad way. Like it's kind of like um, whenever uh, in the Truman show at the end of the film, whenever he realizes that he is on part of the show. Stage, yeah. yeah. And, and then his boat hits like the wall of clouds. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of what it feels like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there, I mean, it, it fits with kind of the, the style of the storytelling. Mm -hmm, like the tongue in cheek kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's very much so a comedic, but it's a self-aware comedic. So they don't, they don't reference it in that sense, but they also have like the moment like, well, if you're here, who's steering the boat? And like, <laughs> nobody has, it's sitting on a freaking stage and no yeah. one actually would have to steer it. But there is a good moment, stuff like that, that they can throw out. Yeah. So. But yeah. So. Yeah. It's really fun. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm looking forward to, you know, getting through it and seeing what else, uh, where else they go with some of the, the, the bits and pieces they've already mm -hmm. kind of laid out. Yeah. And I think you had said that reviewers who had seen more than the first three. They said there's a lot more like depth to it than just, than just, uh, just like initial, straight comedy. Than what you get from the initial episode. So mm -hmm. yeah, I'm very interested to see where that will go. Mm -hmm. so, anyways. Yeah. All right. Well, good, good talk about what y'all have been watching and, and myself or in Joel's case reading. Mm -hmm. And it's not watching because he's listening. Busted. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just, just agree. Not say yes. St Steven likes to hold over the fact that um, Joel and I like to listen to books. <laughs> and Stephen likes to read books because I, the quotation marks are faster. I, I w well, it is faster. It is, but it is. I, I, I will, I will point out that the oral tradition far predates written books. So, are you, are you, are you talking <laughs> to me about how history and people were illiterate, sir? <laughs> I think we've already had this discussion. <laughs> I, but there, there are certain things out of audiobooks that you get from that you don't get from reading like yeah, you, mostly the use of your hands well i mean <laughs> i'm actually talking about content i mean you can hold a book with one hand well, and, well, we and, were, and and also the use of your eyes well when we were listening for like driving <laughs> yes uh, well when we were, when what we were music is for <laughs> listening to red rising and, yeah. and Stephen was reading it uh he didn't realize that it was like kind of like an irish oh no no, no. Uh, i i definitely got the feeling of because of the red hair and all mm -hmm. these things i was like and then also her, the, the lament, the dirge. Yeah. Like, okay, this is very Celtic. This is very Irish, Scottish, this yeah. region. And then you confirmed it by saying, well, that's how they spoke. Yeah. Cool. Because you don't really get it just from the written word. Yeah. Well, they never, yeah, they never specifically. They don't, they don't have a brogue. There's no dialect. They don't hammer down specific slang, mm -hmm. whatever that. The, the closest you get is bloody, but. Yeah. Like as a, as a that, slang that's term. A, that's a UKism yeah. kind of thing. That's that's decent. Yeah. Okay. Irish anyways, people are mad. Moving to anyways. Young Justice. Yeah. Back to the actual plot. Andrew is like, <laughs> I have diverted us. I need to put Stephen back on course. No, I, I've diverted us <laughs> like three times already. I'm yeah, doing. We're, we're I'm, wandering. I'm just trying to like just get little you know marks up on the board here. Oh, we're, it's just it's just it's just extra timestamps. We're gonna be like, all right, and this is where the dissertation on <laughs> One Piece starts. <laughs> 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 okay. So back to the plot. Young Justice season one. We watched it. Mm -hmm. We have some opinions about it. We do. Joel, would you like to give us a little synopsis? So a little synopsis. Spoiler free. Spoiler free. This is set in the DC universe. So Good Batman, Wonder Woman, Justice League, that, that whole Superman. Shtick. Yeah. But Superman is not the most interesting on that. He is not. Superman has never been the most interesting hero. within it and you cannot ignore the fact that he is I existing said, I said there. Justice League. 
He's included. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down. Has he so, ever not been in the Justice League? Probably. I'm sure that there's a comic he book. Was like somewhere, po- somewhere. Well, he died at one point. So like, <laughs> he's not technically in it if while he's dead. Yeah. He didn't stay that way. Don't, don't worry. You're not better. <laughs> I, I do not care. <laughs> anyway, this show is not about them per se, though many do make an appearance. This show, a lot of them. this show is about the quote unquote sidekicks. So this is Robin, Kid Flash, Aqualad, if you want to throw out some interesting names there. Um, and so this team of six to eight ish. Yeah. Teams, it it kind of grows it, and it, shrinks it, it a grows, little. Yeah. There, there's a, not a rotating cast. It is a serial story. And so, mm. um, some people show up and leave over the course of the story. Right. But this group of young heroes are just really enthusiastic and anxious to be treated as equals with their adult counterparts. Mm -hmm. And they kind of prove through a series, short series of misadventures that they're, they're no longer willing to be patient and to kind of sit out certain aspects of the job. Mm -hmm. And so in order to keep an eye on them, make sure that what they're doing has supervision so that it's, it's kind of like, you know, when you're a teenager, just makes it very clear that they're not going to listen to you. And you're like, okay, I hear you. You're going to do what you're going to do, but we're going to do it this way because this is the safe way. (laughs) It's basically whenever you're like, you tell your mom, I want to go to the skating rink with my friends. And she's like, okay, you can go. I'm just going to go hang out at the bar and I'm going to watch you while you skate. No, your mom's not going to go hang out at the bar to watch you, Andrew. You were lied to. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to take a moment for this to sink in, but we'll be back. Uh, no. So <laughs> to, to be fair, my mom is lovely and she actually would she's just like, watch me she's from the actually bar. going to be listening to this podcast and hear me say that. Yes. I love you, mom. Don't listen to Steven. He's an idiot. <laughs> anyway. So these, um, kids go on a journey over the course of multiple adventures Um, of determining not only who they are and who they want to be as individuals, Mm -hmm. with it being a coming-of-age story for many of the characters, but also it's a story about what it takes to be a team. And they go through multiple stages of uh, figuring out, well, this isn't working because we don't have leadership. And then, well, we have leadership, but what is leadership? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, uh, all that kind of thing is they grow together over the course of a 24 episode series season, I should say. And by the end of it, was it 24 or 26? 26. 26. 26. And so you have, you have a lot of space in there to develop a lot of different characters. So there's a lot of side arcs going off all over the place. And by the end of it, the main um, conflict of that set up, pretty much right out of the gate is resolved in a satisfactory manner. And it's really quite an excellent example of what on the surface is a kid's show, but has a lot of complex themes and redeeming qualities that we're, make. We're moving, we're moving away from Joel's synopsis to Joel's opinion. Okay. All right. <laughs> we need, we, there we, we go. You are fine. No, 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 I was no, like, no. wow, he's really putting some words in my I mouth here. <laughs> no, no, no. You are a hundred percent allowed to voice that opinion. But before you do, we finish the synopsis with hijinks and Sue. And, and hijinks and suit. Yes. There you go. Fine. <laughs> and let's let's throw some scores out there, and then we can render some opinions. Okay. So, for the overall score, 
which is combined between the three of us and our four pillars of review for visual media, which are spectacle, performance, score, and plot. Mm -hmm. That combined average came out to a 7.2 out of 10. Okay. Yeah. And that's That's respectable for just for reference and for kind of the going over it prior to before we get into the spoiler wall, might as well break it out a little bit. Uh, spectacle is kind of the wow factor. So in this case, it's going to be the animation is going to be really important here. Yeah. Uh, the, the things that make you go ooh and ah, mm-hmm. how you feel, that, those sorts of things, how well they do it. Uh, performance is going to be the actors. So in this case, it's voice actors. So there is some push and pull between the acting and also what we're getting on screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, score is the music. That, that one is simple. Does it, does it work with what it, what's being told? Does it fight it, et cetera? And, uh, and then the be, plot. Yeah, and, and uh, because it is a TV show for score, um, that also includes the opening and ending themes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, which which do um, do count towards the score. And it's not just the interior for each yeah, I, individual I actually episode. would argue that for a TV show, the intro and the outro are really important. They're very important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I, I figured you and I were both on the same page with that. Yeah. And I didn't have to say it in the chat prior to or point out to anyone that it was going to be a factor. But obviously the plot is just, well, how good a story do they tell? How well does it hold up? Yeah. So just for reference. So all that to say, we gave it a 7.2. Correct. Which is a pretty respectable score. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for especially for the first season, first season of second or third tier <laughs> DC characters in a kid's show, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, like it is advertised as a kid's show it right. was on it was on cartoon Network. i mean it, it, mm-hmm. it was funded and existed to fuel toy sales yeah like it is a kid's show just period and told a much more cohesive and instructive story than i think you would expect from most kids shows mm-hmm. well a, a lot of kids shows have the problem of being episodic right to where yeah. anything that happens in the episode could take place at any point in time in the timeline of the the course of the show. Right. Ultimately, character growth and change over, you know, the course of events occurring is something that when it actually happens in the writing for a kid's show, like you want to pay attention to that because that's going to be, that's going to rise above. They're they're doing a really Mm -hmm. good job. Yeah. Yeah. Because most, most kids shows are, well, especially for us growing up, you know, the, the eighties, the nineties, et cetera, where Every show ended with the lesson, the the moral, and then <laughs> yeah, the next Sailor show, no one learned you. anything, yeah. Yeah. and we're just well, we have to have conflict, so we're just gonna have the same mistakes over and over again. Mm-hmm. And this one definitely did a good job of moving away from that. And instead of doing the same mistake over and over again, they found new and interesting mistakes to explore. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but like in and he says mistakes, but uh, like it's it's very much kind of like, you know, everyone gets part of a group project and mm-hmm. you figure yes. out, well, this person's going to be the leader because they're the most vocal or they're the most aggressive yeah. uh, or, uh, you know, forward, I guess is the best way to describe it, where, um, you know, everyone has their own roles and they have to figure out those roles to be a successful team, mm-hmm. right. especially whenever lives are lives are on the line or not even including theirs, but others, their friends mm-hmm. uh, or just random bystanders that just happen to get mixed up and whatever's happening. Yeah. Well, especially coming away from uh, something like Red Rising, mm-hmm. and you see this with stuff, you know, Hunger Games, Lord of the Flies, right? The children are allowed to make their own decisions, which this team is, at, at, at the end of the day, allowed to make most of its own decisions. They chose who their leader would be. They they They're choose how they approach missions. And they have help. Like the the mentors are there, and sometimes they're with them, sometimes they're not. But for the most part, 
they don't really help. I mean, for, they they give them the missions, and that's about and, it. And then yeah. yeah, so it's it's interesting to see that structure. Where is there conflict within the team? Is there interpersonal problems that be worked through? Yes, but unlike a Lord of the Flies or a Red Rising, etc., you don't have these moments where they really like just descend into barbarity. Again, it's a kids show; you couldn't necessarily <laughs> do that. But it is interesting to see them actually constructively work through mm-hmm. differences. Mm-hmm. And 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 throughout the show, they actually do cover um, a pretty decent amount of. I'll say more more closer to adult themes like drug use mm-hmm. and um, uh, just kind of how um, relation like like romantic romantic relationships um, and professional relationships need to yeah. There's that. There's also just the general issue of trust, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. trust um, turns out to be the the ultimate theme that leads to their victory in the end uh, over the the bad guys in their final plot and. Every step of the way, had they had they made a different choice, had they chosen barbarism over constructive, you know, they, <laughs> all in any one of those moments of growth not taking place in the order that it did results in a completely different outcome because they they were building trust that entire time. Yeah, right. And um, one of the other big things or big themes that I actually really enjoyed about the show was um, acceptance mm-hmm. yeah. uh, where acceptance of maybe your, I'll say your plight for lack of a better term mm-hmm. or acceptance of your teammates mm-hmm. and, and what they're going through or who they are. And I think that, especially for, you know, for kids, I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Well, and even acceptance of yourself and who yeah. you are because for several characters, that is an issue. Oh yeah. And I, I did, you know, I'm, I'm screwed. I'm just going to keep heaping praise. I did like the way that they uh, presented these kinds of, I don't want to call it conflicts, but points of pressure of, well, who am I? Who should I be? Who will I be? Who can I be? And how the individual characters, for the most part, some of the, some of the crew got better stuff to Arts, work with than others, yeah. but it happens. Uh, but how they kind of work through this both on their own and also with the help of team members. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So moving on, the, that combined score is not the only score that we give out. We also give out a entertainment value score, which is basically, you know, the previous score is about how was this, was it technically good, technically bad, that kind of thing. Right. This entertainment value is more like what is your enjoyment or our enjoyment, I should say, of the experience of watching this show, which in some cases can be very different from the technical score. Uh, but in this case, it is not. It's very, very similar. Uh, whereas we gave it a 7.2 on the technical rating, we gave it a 7.3 for enjoyment, which I don't understand. Someone didn't like this at all. <laughs> I, <laughs> well, it's funny to me because we we specifically came up with this separate category because like we're going to hit some bad stuff that's entertaining and and what what do we do in that moment mm-hmm. and ever since then it's just been like these two scores move almost in lockstep and it's almost <laughs> like do we enjoy something just because it's technically good uh not i mean not always not like, always like there there are definitely going to be films and and tv shows and books that we are going to review mm-hmm. that are terrible right. on a on a technical yes. aspect but are still very fun right and now before we jump off the the high dive into any kind of spoilers. I do uh, want to point out that if you're going through that with us, none of us know each other's individual scores. We have comprised a new thing and we'll get deeper into that after the intermission. 
So we are about to teleport to the Watchtower to talk spoilers. If you feel you aren't up to the task, then it's time to stay at the Halls of Justice. While you are here, if you like what you heard, spoilersintendedpodcast.com, a great hub for all of our episodes, Discord, and Patreon. If you do feel like joining the League, then get trot, stay whelmed, because we're feeling the aster. Alrighty, everyone, welcome back from the intermission. Hope you enjoyed a little break because it is all spoilers all the time, the whole way through here. And we're going to kick it off with a little spoiler of our own. Andrew can't read his own handwriting. No, I, I can't. <laughs> or who's um, at 11? Uh, so it, it has to deal with the entertainment score. Our yep. little sheet that we are mm-hmm. using yeah. um, had the wrong score in it. It actually brought the entertainment value of the show down by four points. Because no, not four points. Four, 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 four tenths. Four tenths. Four of tenths. A point. Yeah, because Andrew couldn't read his own handwriting and and then changed the number to be correct, and now it's lower. Now he's yeah, because I, I opened my notebook and I looked at him like, oh, that is lower than I put. Isn't it? <laughs> <sighs> you know, the system can tell you if a score isn't there. I can't help you if you can't read your own handwriting. No, I, I know <laughs> it's, it's totally my fault. So, um, anyways. In to spoilers. Yeah. And we're going to start off with our first piece of our review, and we're talking about the spectacle. Who wants to go first? Andrew looks really eager over here. I just, I have my notebook here. Um, it's probably better to start low and then probably end higher. Okay. We're going to, we're going we're gonna to go up one mountain and down, down the next. The other, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. You know what? Well, let's just kick it off. Andrew, go. Yeah. Okay. So um, none of us know any of the other scores Correct. at this point. Mm-hmm. So, um, I gave Spectacle a six, mm-hmm. um, okay. which like it, the, sh- okay. The show itself was actually fine. Like for, um, for, for 2000, for like reading praise, the show itself was fine. Uh, 2010 <laughs> was when season one aired mm-hmm. on, um, and, and uh, there's always a lot of caveats that come with broadcast TV, especially animation where they have to, there are specific corners that they have to cut to be able to basically meet deadlines. Mm-hmm. Especially and if budgets. you were and budgets, especially if you were trying to do hand-drawn animation, which is what they were doing, um, which is uh, pretty fantastic because mm-hmm. a lot of newer shows, uh, especially around that time, were moving over to all CGI, yeah, basically, mm-hmm. or, or CGI-assisted um, uh, line drawing mm-hmm. is kind of where uh, basically everything is now. I'm I'm almost positive. So uh, giving it a six is really more. Uh, probably my biggest issue was a lot of the action sequences never really like it just felt like I was watching a low budget kid show mm-hmm. where there mm-hmm. wasn't a lot of um, I think I could count two cuts of animation throughout the entire season that had more than eight frames. Um, one when was when they were doing kind of like a they were defending um, a truck heist. Um, and Miss Martian, um, grows like four arms yeah. out of her body. And then like, she like kind of grabs like one of these little monkey robot things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and like that robots. specific cut of animation was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But then everything else about the rest of the thing of, of the heist was just not very intri- visually interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, just, 
I don't know. I mean, like, you know, it's it's just there just wasn't a lot of impact to the battles, at least for me. And part of that may just be, um, I don't know. Uh, then there like there was also a couple off model shots where I think the episode where they're going into this uh, cloaked uh, CGI, badly rendered CGI tower of the Mystic. tower of fate, tower mm-hmm. of fate. And, um, there's, there's like, I, I swear a solid five second shot of like, right when they open the door of the entire team that is there and they're all just looking into nothing and they are not moving and they are just staring into just space with mm-hmm. like nothing behind their eyes. And I don't know how to describe it, but it just, it, I laughed for probably a solid, like five minutes. <laughs> It was when I, when Andrew showed the piece of it and I hadn't actually hit that point yet. And then I like, they turned the key and I was like, oh, this is totally it. And then it was just blank stares. Like, yep, yep, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like uh, it, it was still like, it was still better animated than what I was expecting it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, especially I was, I was very impressed with the fact that it was hand-drawn mm-hmm. and that is, um, or at least if there was any CGI assist, it was, it was very minimal. It was really yeah. subtle. Um, and it, it didn't there. have like the, the computer sheen on it, if yeah. that makes any sense. Yeah. So, um, Steven or Joel, I, okay. don't, I don't know. We're going to, we're going to take a, a small step <laughs> up this mountain. <laughs> I gave it a seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew's hit most of my points. Uh, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, it, it is hand animated. It was on. I don't know what the deadline was per se, but certainly a strange budget where it was kind of designed to fuel toy sales and it was also budgeted based on how well the sales were going. Which is why it got canceled. Which is why it got canceled and had to be brought back later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It so it's it's a really ambitious project to take on and say we're gonna do everything hand drawn at, you know, twenty ten when computers are definitely there and definitely cheaper. So props for that. Uh, I would agree with Andrew that a lot of the combat felt that was probably the most moments when it felt like a kid show because everyone just kind of stood in their place and did their powers at each other. Mm-hmm. And then it, there was never, there wasn't like, a lot of interaction. Yeah. And there were never, you never got the, the kind of tight camera angle where like Robin is doing a flip. Every time Robin does a flip, I'm standing 20 feet away from watching him do a flip. I'm not in the flip with him kind mm-hmm. of thing. You never got those kind of show off moments. So that's a little, you know, disappointing. Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, it was superheroes. It was believably superhero superheroes. Uh, we get an absolute smorgasbord of DC characters who I know or do not know to varying degrees. <laughs> and as near as I can report, they are all actually represent who they were, mm-hmm. and the abilities were recognizable for. Oh, he's doing this. She's doing that. They're going here. There weren't. There were never those moments of. Where are you? Did you just turn left to go right? Yeah, the, the that blocking, did not happen. The, the blocking in the actual um, storyboarding of the action scenes w- was good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There, there was never a time where what was actually happening on screen didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, every, everything was very clear, concise, and you knew what was happening. Mm-hmm. It's just when, when it was happening, there just wasn't a lot of, of um, visually interesting things that were there. And, uh, and I, so I actually think, I think the reason why it was hand animated was because every other piece of DC animation universe has been hand animated up to that point. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's no reason for them to deviate from that, especially on a, on a secondary 
show mm-hmm. unless yeah. it's going to go for like full CGI where it's like 3D characters. Yeah, because right. this is very much a, a a spiritual successor to Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it, it obviously hits different beats. It's telling a different kind of story. It's focusing on different yeah. characters. And the the animation style is a little updated. It's not not quite as you don't you don't see kind of the the baggy pants lines, you know, of yeah. the the yeah. not the 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 figures are a little more defined. Yeah. But it's it's very much in the same sort of feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's what's interesting to me is so one of the things that I kind of knocked it for was that it didn't have a distinct style of its own. It didn't feel like it had kind of the same polish that a show like the animated Batman the animated series had, mm-hmm. where it religiously stuck to a style versus this just kind of felt, you know, it's just real world. And again, because they're dealing with deadlines and budgets, you end up with kind of a more empty feeling world. Uh, you know, the, again, Batman, the animated series, because they chose this style, Hey, I don't want to fill in, you know, this whole sidewalk. Well, that's fine because it's a black sidewalk with three pools of light from lampposts Mm -hmm. and you're golden and well now we just sold the mood we sold the style it's distinct and it didn't cost us a whole lot and they didn't it felt like they didn't get a lot of opportunities to take those kinds of cheats or shortcuts Mm -hmm. because there was no like set defined style and even going back and looking at something like uh, batman beyond it also because of the setting it's a you know cyberpunk near future type thing it had kind of its own style and vibe that i really think this show it, it lacks a little on? bit because you have some of the techno aspects that you would see in Batman Beyond, but you would also just have generic high school number three or, you know, this building or this room. And it's just a room and it just doesn't doesn't have the opportunity to really show off, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, Joel, well, I'm going to disagree with everything you said. Yep. Because I <laughs> expected. <laughs> no, actually, I, I, I gave it an eight. So it's, I mean, we're all fairly there. This, wasn't, this there was not together. a mountain. This was a pretty easy little yeah, elliptical so climb. I, I think that the, the biggest deal to me is that this is one of the last examples of this 2D art style in, in I'll say, Western animated kids shows mm-hmm. that, that you can find. Yeah, and, no, I totally agree. And it is, that is a style that is near and dear to my heart. It embodies my childhood. And so I give it a lot of props for them going with that style and executing it well. Yeah, no, no, that's, yeah. that's all valid. Well, and, and, and to my point, like, it's really like I'm, I'm overly harsh with, with animated mm-hmm. series. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially when they, when they come hand drawn and I like, because I watch a lot of anime, I see mm-hmm. what other people do with hand-drawn stuff. And again, totally different styles, totally different mediums, kind of. Uh, and it's it's definitely one of those things where, like, I'd probably not, if we watched, you know, Batman the Animated Series, or if we watched um, uh, Superman, uh, Justice League, yeah. that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, I'd, I'd have probably the exact same complaints mm-hmm. most of the time. I mean, now Batman the Animated Series had some true gems of hand-drawn animation, but I digress. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, continue. Yes. Right. So <laughs> the the action I'll grant you is is a little bit okay. So set piece one, do your thing. Set piece two, do your thing. Yeah. You don't get a whole lot of like the the wide shots where you see a lot of different stuff going on isn't terribly well connected or choreographed for you to get a really broad sense mm-hmm. of okay, there's a lot of stuff happening at the same time. Well, and it's usually typically a very wide shot, and I'm fighting you. And she's yeah. fighting him and they're fighting each other over there. And so like, is there a lot going on in the frame? Sure. Could 
any of these individual fights have taken place anywhere else and it would have been completely as relevant to each other as they are right now, yeah. if that makes sense. Uh, but I, I will say kind of to, to counterbalance that, they did a really excellent job in design, in the visual design for the particular abilities that all of the main actors are using. And so every time that somebody does something, you know what they're doing. Yeah, no, you definitely and, know and the skill or you, the ability. You, very, you quickly kind of get up to speed on, okay, these are the things that this person can do. And these are the things that this person can't do because failure happens all the time mm-hmm. in the oh, show. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so that that really quickly kind of in a visual way gets you up to speed on where the power level is. And so anytime that they attempt something, you you more or less understand the stakes just from a visual perspective, which I, I really like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in, in a lot of the a lot of the battles um, and this is more of just more of a DC problem in general is a lot of the 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 powers that they're using are ranged attacks. Yeah. And, yes. and that that's generally not very compelling unless there's a lot of effects that go along with it. Right. The the more range that you have in conflict, then the more that the the scenery matters, right? The obstructions, yeah. the mm-hmm. obstacles. Mm-hmm. Where where then uh the a lot of the 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 more compelling animation and stuff is whenever Connor Kent is is kind of like grappling with someone. Yeah, yeah you get and up there, close. There's, there's more choreography. There's there's a lot more blocking concerns of like where he's being thrown and how he's impacting things. Mm-hmm. And and that's where that's where they they did get to kind of flex a little bit of it. It's just there wasn't enough of it. Sure. Yeah. DC has a plague of archers. God, there's so many there's, archers. There's only Why? so much you can do for an archer when Superman is right there. Yeah. I just, I can't make you look cool, dude. I'm sorry. Pull the bow back. Let it go. I, I can't help it. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, basically, like, the, the most you get is a, an archer sliding on the ground and then shooting while they're sliding. Oh, there, there was a lot of aerial, we'll like, get, jumping we'll through Legolas. the air. <laughs> there was yeah. a lot, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Well, moving forward, sounds like we've we've covered what we want to cover there. Going into performance. All right. Do we want to come down the mountain? Uh, yeah, Joel. Yeah, starts probably. Off. All right. So performance. I, I'm, I'm betting here. I'm making bets. So performance, I give this a 10. I, Woo, I am. Coming down the mountain. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are a lot of really heavy themes, um, emotional true, themes that are true. handled in this show that the voice actors did an excellent job in portraying the emotions of the characters as they're going through these complex situations. And it, and it's not just the voice acting, but also the animation supports this where you have, uh, you have looks, you have that one scene where, um, you know, it's, it's early on in the show, maybe five, six episodes in and Miss Martian and Superboy are experiencing attraction for each other. But like, are really awkward and don't know how to proceed yeah. with, with any of this. Mm-hmm. And so she was trying to pull him into helping her with making cookies in the kitchen. <laughs> and it, scene. and yeah. like, she just like, she's using her telekinesis and not watching what she's doing. And she's getting really jittery because she's really she's nervous. nervous. And, yeah. and it's just like, you kind of, you kind of cut away and then you come back to somebody walking into the room and he's just sitting on the couch, like covered in eggs and flour, <laughs> looking at a blank TV screen. White, white fuzz. Yeah. While she's just like being, you know, like totally shut down, working on whatever it is she is in the kitchen. And, and so that, that was a really great example of kind of the, the, the visual performance through animation 
of showing what the character's emotional state was. Yeah. And I do think there were definitely several high points in the performance and not all of it were, was the voice actors even talking like what you're talking about here. There's actually not a lot of dialogue. I mean, Miss Martian is speaking more and more rapidly. She's word vomiting. yeah. Yeah. But for the most part, you know, Connor Kent's voice actor doesn't have to say anything yeah. and we still get the full impact. Right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a really good example of, of, of a high point for the show because that, that is a scene that I also remember quite well. I mean, that's, that and, was and pointed to. Yeah. Whole. I mean, that was, that was one of the, that was one of the main scenes that, that actually got me a laugh because mm-hmm. he, Connor is just like initially just staring at this TV, just with like white static not saying a word straight faced while you know she's in in the kitchen doing stuff she's like hey do you want me to turn on the tv he's like no existential crisis and um you know and then like she's like well you can come help me cook and he's like okay and then he gets like eggs on him and flour and stuff and then he just goes and sits back down and just stares at again at nothing yeah and Ex- is, except you don't I, I think the and it's maybe not a performance thing it's just a, a editing decision of well you see the disaster happen and then i don't i don't even know it, it Batman, some uh, some semi-authority figure enters the room and it's just cut to them just back to their separate positions and he is just <laughs> blank wall staring at nothing. And whoever walked in, maybe it may, may, may been Captain Marvel. May, it's somebody, they just, they walk in and they look and they're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Steven? Are, are you? Uh, yeah. You I'm, think I'm, you, you got, you got, you yeah, know, the well, 10. Okay. Yeah, actually not. I will, I will come back to you, Joel. Okay. Okay. Oh, oh my. <laughs> He's going to throw darts at me and I'm just going to have to just grab him out of the air and throw him right back at his <laughs> smug little face. Shoot him <laughs> out of your bow. Do something cool. <laughs> okay. I gave performance a seven mm-hmm. because I don't think that there were any, you know, we, we were just talking about a highlight, right? Mm-hmm. A, a really high moment. I don't know that there were necessarily any true low light points. I just think that some of the big highlights there there weren't enough mm-hmm. I, I feel like there were whole episodes where yeah you know like do i recognize these voices do i know who this person is is it distinct and full credit for them in kind of committing to personalities in vocalisms uh you know robin is a highlight and also really annoying. It's it's, I mean, it's one of those moments. At least the youngest one, so he's kind of meant to be annoying. Um, yeah, I, it's one of those things where like I super appreciate what they did, but by episode like twelve, man, am I sick of it. <laughs> and there was there's some point in there where I was like, oh man, they they let him get away from it. He he stopped doing it, and then it came back. I was like, oh. <laughs> talking was specifically good. about the removing. Uh, the prefix. The prefix from <laughs> words like distraught and, and underwhelmed and, and disaster. disaster. Yeah. yeah. It, that, because that's a good vocal mannerism to mm-hmm. highlight and it lets you immediately recognize if if he is talking to another character through a door, even if you don't necessarily know his voice, you're going to know who he is because of that mannerism. Yeah. Uh, same thing for like Wally, even though he is incredibly annoying. Who's Wally? Uh, Kid Flash. Oh, God. Yeah, I knew I was going to get a good one here. Uh, He he had a specific personality, but hitting on on any female that breathes is not a good personality. Right, but like that was was a character flaw, which he then grew and changed out of by the end of the series. That's plot. That's that's a whole different... But 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 that's character too. No, no. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying in the realm of Robin was cute but annoying, Flash 
never got to be that second part. <laughs> uh, the first part. The first part. The first part. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, he was very much the second part, which is kind of sad. I like speedsters, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some truly hideous Louisiana accents about oh. a third of the way into the show. Oh, with the the, 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 the prison. The prison break. Yeah, with the Tommy and um, Toppence. Not, yeah. Well, not even not even them, just the... Uh, all, everybody. everybody. Just the warden. The and, whole episode. Yeah, just the whole that's, episode. That's pretty rough. I, I always love when they they go for, we're going to do, oh, this person's from, from Alabama or, or Georgia or the Louisiana. It's like, because... The only way that they're going to have a way to differentiate this and, and establish it immediately is this is going to be a truly hideous accent. And yep, there it is. <laughs> All right. Because I think at the start of the episode, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, they were terrorizing the South. And I was like, oh, I don't remember what state because I've, I've seen this before. I was like, I don't remember what state it was. Oh, Louisiana. There it is. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That is an accent. <laughs> Woo. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't know. There's not like a ton of things for me to really and truly like dig in and say, oh, it was bad. There's just not enough for me to say it was great. because. The meat of the story was really, really good, and they have moments where they really play off it and do well with it. I just think that for what we were being given, there were more opportunities that were lost. Okay. Andrew? Uh, so um, I kind of clocked in at half of Joel's score at a five. five. That is <laughs> like not even reasonable. <laughs> I don't know. It, it felt pretty reasonable to me. So, um, okay, I'm going to talk good stuff. Okay. Which we, I've already kind of touched on. Um, uh, Connor Kent and Miss Martian were fantastic. Well, they're definitely the best. Yeah, the highlights uh, yeah. of well, the show. And okay, so a little breakdown. Uh, Connor Kent has the most episodes that he is in throughout the course of the show, mm-hmm. uh, which is sixty-seven episodes. Then you, then you have Miss Martian. Oh, which we're, talk, we're, we're just, talking all seasons. All seasons. All seasons. Okay. Like, like okay. just like weird. Well, this is. I don't understand why we're. This is a weird metric. Season one. Well, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying, like, basically, like, like, clearly, Connor Kent and Miss Martian are, are the two main the characters of the show. Meaning that they, they should okay. have been given the most amount of depth for their characters, and they were initially. Okay. okay. Uh, so that, that's kind of so. Like, Miss Martian clocked in at sixty three, and then uh, uh, Robin comes in at like fifty eight, and then mm-hmm. it just kind of goes down from there. So, um, like for that. They they did Miss Martian and Connor Kent, uh, Nolan North and Danica McKellar uh, did a fantastic job mm-hmm. with what they were given, and uh, honestly, that's probably about as good as I can give it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, kind of like going on with what Stephen was saying, um, uh, Robin was relatively grating, but he was more in like an endearing way, where um, yeah, he was a thirteen year old kid. And you can't really it's, it's like, be- a believably yeah a he, he played kid. a thirteen year old kid and mm-hmm. that's fine. Um, I had a very big problem with basically every other character, uh, the secondary characters like Artemis was really really rough. Um, okay, because like so like a lot of like whenever I try and look at performance, I try and look at it from the perspective of are they are they talking at me or are they talking to me. Or, or talking to the character that they're like that they're interacting with, or are they talking at them? Where if I am, I can talk to a wall, and you can listen to me, and you could think that that you are that I am talking to you, but I'm actually just talking to the wall. Whereas I can talk to you, and I can inflect towards you, and you actually get emotion from that because I am not like trying to just just express if that makes any sense. 
So you're you're kind of saying like there are, there are lines spoken in a vacuum, yeah, and there are lines spoken with with a, a, a reflection back where yeah. there's going to be action, reaction, interaction. Exactly, and a lot of the stuff that uh, a lot of the lines that they give, like Artemis, uh, Speedy, or I guess or Kid Flash or whatever, whoever you want to call him. Mm. Well, that's two um, different people. It is. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. Speedy. Speedy is the the red red hair. Speedy is yeah. another archer, <laughs> and there's a Kid Flash right there. Who in their right? Why did you choose this name? You live in a world of space. <laughs> but the thing is, they made fun of themselves for it. it was I know. Awesome. Yeah. No, no. There, there was <laughs> um, some good. Uh, I I guess maybe I'd throw it more into plot. Some good self referential moments to like, why am I doing this? I have superpower. I, I could just not be here yeah. kind of things um but yeah so uh wally or, or kid flash mm-hmm. yes. um he was probably the most grating example of of the entire show mm-hmm. where every 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 word that came out of his mouth just had absolutely nothing to it besides just the the like what he was saying and everything he said was stupid and bad <laughs> like and and that's like if you want to if you want to give him growth as a character, he had his little uh, his heart saving you know episode where he um, kind of uh, fouls up Lex Luthor at the same time. That's fine. That's a plot thing. You give him a little bit more growth. He's still the same dude, and he's still a fifteen year old kid that it, he he's like kind of um, like Dennis the Menace is the best way to describe it. Okay. Where he he consistently has, but like just because you don't like a character shouldn't be reflected in your performance score. No, but that's the thing though is like he still absolutely had no emotion to do any like like his episode, his birthday episode where he he saved the kid with the with the heart thing, and he he foils Lex Luthor. There's still nothing there. Yeah, I I definitely like it's easy to point to Wall and say, oh, he was really annoying, but also just. In various bits, he was basically, he just got to quip. And most of the time, there wasn't like a lot of reaction to the quip. It was very much that he just kind of spouted off into air. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like, dude, like how long have you been running by yourself that you just say these things and it's just normal life that no one responds back to you? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Which it's, like, it's so hard for me to say that's necessarily performance because it might just, it's just a writing mm -hmm. problem. But there's also nothing for them to like. It's so much harder in animated form because there's no. If the the animators didn't improve on it for them, then it just kind of falls flat just yeah. by default. No, we we I didn't. We haven't actually touched on uh, Aqualad or Calder. Calder, yeah, Cal- um, Calderum, uh, yeah. Uh, Kari, uh, Pairton? Sure. Yeah. Um, no, uh, he, that's, he, that's not how you say his name. Uh, yeah, I, I know. I'm sorry. I just butchered it. His first name is Kari. Yeah. Uh, um. But but he did he did a pretty good job. Um, no, he, he got he, some good. He got some good pieces. The the bit like where he's he's unsure if he wants to lead. He mm-hmm. goes back to Atlantis and like those kind of uh, those kind of like um, uh, dialogue pieces. Whenever he's talking to like Batman mm-hmm. about uh, you know about wanting to lead or go back to Atlantis, uh, those were those were kind of one of the one of the more high points yes. of of performance where like you can actually get some emotion out of it, and you're you know you can you can understand where he's coming from of, of how mm-hmm. the, the person he wants to be and the person that uh, he currently is and how he's trying to struggle with that. Well, and Car- also Kari Payton. 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 Yeah. Okay. Also yeah, at the same time, kinda... you have Batman kind of standing there laying down the law to the 15 year old of <laughs> choose the rest of your life. Which yeah. Well, is, in, you know, Bat- Batman is... being the, the main, <laughs> the main mentor <laughs> is kind of silly. Yeah. He's just, he, you know, he's as cuddly as a box of rocks. 
yeah. and, as, and as helpful as a wooden plank because he is going to stand there and give you three sentences and that's your mission briefing. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, so, and, and he and, and Batman's uh, voice actor um, Greenwood, yeah, yeah, uh, he did a good job too. Mm-hmm. I mean, but like that's kind of well, the, he made my top five from the other week. Yeah, uh-huh. well, and it, and that's kind of the <laughs> thing. It's like it's it's kind of unfair to give because like they have their own shows, mm-hmm. and whenever you're kind of inserting other characters from like from other shows, well, I mean, yes, if if you are doing it for the purpose of Fan service, mm-hmm. then I agree. Well, but if if they are a, a if they are to be there. part of the story mm-hmm. yeah. and contribute to character arcs and plot progression, then that's I, I feel like that's a totally different thing. Yeah, like yeah. you can have that is taking advantage of the work that you have done to have an interconnected universe mm-hmm. without it it being bad. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're not you're not nostalgia poaching. Yeah, I, I don't want to say baiting because it's not really it wasn't really bait. No, show, well, no, but it's just kind of relying on the fact that everyone knows this and then it's there. Like, oh, who brought Star Wars up first this time? <laughs> oh, no, I'm me. That's right. <laughs> well, I mean, and we can get into a lot of that with plot just yeah, because right. like they're, they're very specific, you know, like, characters that get brought in mm-hmm. that like me being a, a, a very light knowledge DC mm-hmm. person where I've, I've pretty much only seen whatever major movies have come out <laughs> and then Batman, the animated series. Yeah. That's it. I don't, I don't know anyone no, yeah. else. I still Andrew messaged one of our chats and it's just like, well, there's just this guy who's a magician and Nick and I are both like, you're going to be way more specific in DC. <laughs> That's like saying, well, there's an archer. Uh, you got to give me a color. <laughs> yeah. You got to give me a, a gender. You got to give me something to go on here because there are too many choices. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to jump in. Okay. Go ahead. I'm going to throw something good out. Cause we've, 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 we've well, I, on I have, I have a high note to end on. Well, that's fine. That. But I, I, I am not giving a high note to end on. I'm extending an olive branch okay. <laughs> because it's one of the performances that I really like just because I, and honestly, I don't know a whole lot about the character going into this and it actually kind of made me be like, do I want to pursue more about mm-hmm. it? Because I, I like the, the entertainment, the dichotomy and the entertainment of that. And it's Captain Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, we talk about, well, you know, you need the voice acting to line up with the animation and he is the definition of it doesn't because mm-hmm. of who he is. And yeah. it's, it's exactly who the character is. And it's actually really entertaining to walk, watch him be this huge, buff, strong, you know, problem solver of a member of the justice. Like, hey, the asteroid is hurling. Well, he can take care of it. Hey, the seas are raging. Well, he can take care of it. Well, anything's going wrong. He has the power set to handle it, and it's a ten-year-old. Yeah, and then he gets to go supervise the teenagers, <laughs> and it's just like the little brother who tagged along to go go to the movie with your friends, and it's really annoying. Although he's not super annoying, he just he doesn't make it as a mentor because he wants to kind of belong. Yeah, despite just looking like an adult the whole time. Yeah. I, I did love Andrew's kind of journey of I don't understand who this character. Oh, it's a kid. Yeah, and so. And so, you know, you have this really fun dichotomy of, you know, you as the viewer seeing both him trying to fit in with the team and the team distrusting him because they don't understand. They don't understand why. What he is. And so they're just like, they don't trust us. And this guy's getting all up in our business because he, he wants, wants to, to run our stuff. He always wants to know what's going on. They sent down a, a senior member to take charge. And it's just like 10 year old falling along like a puppy like, oh, yeah, we're going to go over here. That sounds cool. Yeah. <laughs> well. Okay, so um, this is just kind of to, to, 
to back up my point a little bit. Yeah. So you you take a character like uh, Captain Marvel or Mr. Marvel? Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, Captain Marvel which is uh, objectively a, a young, um, overzealous teenager mm-hmm. or kid, right? Yeah. I think I think he's eight in the first season. I, I don't, I, I went with 10. He is not a teenager. Yeah. That's, that's as good as but, I'm going to get really. I don't, I did not put him down like for, for the actor, um, on my, my list mm-hmm. here, but if you take him and then you, you compare him directly to Wally or kid flash or whatever, mm-hmm. and you, you just take the lines that they, that they have to deliver. Like there is a very big difference because I got, and I understand it, it's two different types of deliveries. Yeah. Like, like they're, they're completely different people that are going for different emotional beats. They are. But that's the thing though, is that Wally just doesn't have any, like he, he I, literally just I, has no, um, I like disagree. And, and we'll, we'll get to this in my final point. Okay, go ahead. All right. So for the final point to really put forward why I think the performances in the show are so great. Mm-hmm. Is I want to talk about my favorite episode, which is not the episode where they have the, you know, the quintessential, oh, we were all in a simulation, but something went wrong thing. Yeah. But it's the great episode. But it's the yeah. follow up episode. Also great. Which episode. I think is the best episode in the entire season. Yeah, that whole that whole bit is because really well they go character by character and very, very quickly. Um like you, you see maybe 30 seconds worth of them sitting down with black canary who is acting as their, their therapist, mm-hmm. essentially their counselor in trying to process the trauma that they just went through because they've been through a doomsday scenario where they saw all of their friends die. And, you know, they were, they were, you know, the simulation went wrong to where they believed it was really happening at the time. And so they have internalized this trauma. And so she's trying to help them work through it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so each character goes through and gets to summarize exactly what their whole deal is very, very quickly. And so you have, so like, just to talk about like your two lowest points, Mm -hmm. you have, um, Wally whose whole deal is the entire time he is trying to hit on her because he doesn't want to have this conversation. He does not want to be there. He is completely in denial. And when she confronts him about it, he says, I'm fine with that because he does not understand how to deal with his own emotions. So he is scared of them and he runs away from them like he runs through his entire life. But that's still plot though. Like I, I'm talking about. No, but it comes, it comes through in the performance is what I'm saying. Then you have Artemis who is removed from the whole situation in because she was the first one to die in in the simulation. She doesn't see her friends die. Right. So she she feels like she doesn't have this trauma, but it also means she doesn't have this connection Mm -hmm. to the team, which is also her whole deal. She feels disconnected and mistrusted through the whole thing. Um and then you just you just go through each of the others. And of course you know, like like through most of the episodes, Superboy and Miss um, Martian. Martian are standouts. Yeah, but even Robin like really sums up really really well where he comes to this this understanding point of I can do it, I can be the leader, I can be what Batman is, and I don't like that I can do it because it was awful, and yeah. I, I don't want to be that. And it's this huge growth moment. Well, because he he um he's the one that like he's probably actually the most seasoned doing superhero business um 
like out of the group. Yeah, he's, even he's though he's the, the youngest, he he's had the longest amount of time of working with Batman yeah. directly, of like fighting crime mm-hmm. and seeing how Batman approaches problems and everything like that. And uh, you know, I mean, like he was he was one of the higher points on my my list. It's yeah. just the list just wasn't that high. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, so I I felt like that episode. I mean, aside from the whole um apocalypse connection which is is just like the whole once you get into outer space in both dc and marvel it just gets really weird and i don't like it very much but um, keep the scale, scale becomes too yeah, yeah keep yeah. the scale small but 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 with the half of the episode that's dealing with the therapy sessions i thought that it hit home really well on every single character and you just don't get that if the performances aren't there okay that's I mean, that's, so I mean, like, I don't I don't really have any anything to come back for because like the like those two episodes were probably the best episodes of the season, mm-hmm. um, excluding maybe the the episode where they all lose their memories. And then Miss Martian is basically trying to save mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. Um, but like like those two episodes were the standout episodes of the entire show. Like and, and so what I'm what I'm saying is, is that like, OK, like that was great. But there's nothing else beyond okay. that well, for, for a couple of we the will, other. We will have to agree to disagree <laughs> and move on. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to. To the score. Yeah. <laughs> Steven gets I to had, go start first. Well, I had a really good moment there that it was, I was laughing about from something that y'all said that I was going to throw out. Now I don't know what it was. But that's okay because, <laughs> you know. And I do, I do agree that those are probably the two best episodes and that it's a very high point. It's just, and it's not necessarily that there there isn't support under it to keep the score up. It's just there isn't enough. Mm-hmm. I, I just would have liked there it to have hit more often. And it's it's a lot harder in an animated series because you are you're not purely reliant on the actor. The voice actor is absolutely reliant on the animation budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and vice versa, and the directing because you don't get to see anything. There's no well, set. Well, so, so there's yeah. there is some concern. It's it's a little harder just to straight up say, oh well, you know this. Dude's voice just isn't very good. He didn't do a good job. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I mean, it's like, there, you know? it, it's definitely one of those things where so you have character-centric episodes that, like, so the Miss Martian episode, the first one that she gets, where she is fighting the Psy guy, mm-hmm. Simon, um, Simon, um, in the in the desert. Yeah. Oh, um, I, I remember. Which that. is which is a standout episode for her because you you finally get a little bit more information on her backstory, but then you also is basically her the whole episode and you get a, a fantastic performance from her. Mm-hmm. And then you look at, at Wally's episode, which is centric only to him. And there's just no emotion for it because all you do is just, you just get this arrogance of him just talking to himself the whole time. Yeah. Where like, which, Ms. Martian is, which does, is who he is. But right? Ms. Martian so like, does the same thing and you actually like, but, you're, but get if you're connection. trying, if you're trying to personify different character, just because you don't have a connection with a character because you don't like that character doesn't mean that they weren't portrayed correctly. I mean, do, do you like that? I remember my joke. Okay. Say, make, make your joke. We're not going to make any no, progress. You're, you're, there's not going to be a consensus here. There, there will be no, no, uh, meeting in the middle. Uh, so I like y'all are both just like you are the middle. <laughs> oh, don't meet over here. <laughs> uh, I like how y'all are both just like yeah. You know when the scale gets really large, it's 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 it gets bad. It's not good. And and DC and Marvel are just both just their ears perked up like small scale. You say you want another Archer? Like, no, 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 not that small scale. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, we're gonna move forward move into to the, the score. score. Mm-hmm. 
So we're talking some music here, and I get to go first here, apparently. So we're going to start off with the the Whelm. It's a little better than that. It's a seven. Mm-hmm. So I like the intro. I think the intro is actually pretty good. Yeah. It's really short, which is a little sad because it's one of the the pieces that will stick with you. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's so hard to judge. Maybe it's a blessing that it's really short because if it was really long, it would always be in my head forever. <laughs> uh, but it's a really iconic, distinctive sound that I think fits sort of the, I don't like it's, it's, it's not edge. It's not sheen. It's not sharpness, but kind of just the, the, the feel of the show. Mm -hmm. Like I think it fit, it fit in very well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I won't lie. I don't remember the outro. I don't recall. It's, it's it's mostly the same piece. It's It's just same thing. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. Uh, I, for the rest of the show, I think the, because I went, you know, I went and listened to the score on its own Mm -hmm. also with the show. I think it mostly suffers the problem of there are some good bits. Generic they're, action. They're, and it's it's superhero generic. Yeah. They're very short. Mm-hmm. I, I like a lot of the stuff around Red Tornado. I think he got some really good music. Yeah. Which is amazing because it's another one of those characters that DC throws at me. I'm like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> Was Red, is Red Tornado just like a normal guy that just... Like I mean, like is he an actual comic book hero? I don't that know. Isn't in he's a long just, he's a long Justice? he's a long running member of the Justice League. Oh, is he? He's yeah, okay. Uh, Aqualad was made for Young Justice, and I think he's the only one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I was actually going to ask if Artemis was also made for Young Justice. No, because look at me, Joel. No, she she. I'm pretty sure she existed. The yeah, the other characters that she is connected to in the show are definitely pre existing. Sportsmaster. Yeah. Sports Sportsmaster. Is a is a real character who has existed in DC for a while, but even her mother is a, a Batman villain. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So like she, because like you know, over the course of the show, well, uh, they, they Bruce, Bruce is Bruce is like she's been rehabilitated. She's gone to prison. She's come out and she's crippled. And Bruce is taking care of her. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But she was uh, the character Huntress, mm-hmm. who was a a, a a Batman villain, kind of kind of on the same level as Catwoman. Never quite the the love interest. But had the same kind of well, she's set. she's sort of doing good, but like she's mm. she's doing she it in a she way straddles the fence. Yeah, yeah. Okay, she has her own interests, and they just happen to run through the middle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways, back to the music, not the plot, because we're not there yet. I think beyond that, a lot of it maybe suffered some in that it just didn't get it didn't get the time to kind of play out, and a lot of it was really subtle. It, it got kind of pushed to the background mm. too many times. Because there are some good moments that could have music and they just either didn't or is very soft. Uh, you know, listening to the score, there's some good bits. There's some very boilerplate superhero. I mean, Superman's in the show. Like it, that these kinds of <laughs> themes just exist. And yeah, we really know do them. Much, though. He doesn't, which is nice. Cause I, I, I'm so glad. As soon as Superman does anything, the story has been ruined because by default, the story doesn't exist because there is no more conflict. <laughs> because Superman just got off the bus and was like, sup. Well, I mean, Superman got to engage in conflict in the best way that he possibly can, and that was by being an absentee father figure. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say by being by being an obstacle to be overcome. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and take it and say it, yeah. that I also gave it a seven. Yeah. And you took every single one of my points. So, like, I agree <laughs> with you completely uh, at this point. I think that as far as the theme goes, it was very short. Um, it's, but it it fits the bill of being snappy, recognizable. Mm-hmm. You understand where you are, and if you're enjoying yourself, 
it's got enough energy that it can make you excited. Like, all right, it's here got, we go it's got for another Pavlov's episode. dog. Yeah. To it, where if I you know walked down the hall and heard that, yeah. yeah, like okay, I know what's on TV yeah. just by default. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So over to you. Okay, so I'm going to read my description first and then give the score. Okay. Oh boy. Okay, let's go. Okay, so right down the middle with a solid opening and a poor ending theme that does nothing to enhance the show. However, the background music is acceptable and doesn't take away from the show itself. Five. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Down the center. And um, you know, like I don't I can't really argue with that score per se cuz I could have like like almost a how good a day was I having. I could have given this a 6 pretty easily. So cuz it just it it go ahead. I'm I'm not gonna I, I can't I can't argue with your with your statement. Yeah. Right. I argue that that's not what constitutes a five. Yeah. But that's just because we have differing scales. We yeah. we have differing scales, opportunity cost versus yeah. um whatever your scale is. <laughs> but <laughs> uh no, okay, so so I I weight um opening and ending themes very heavily. Mm-hmm. Um Mostly just because I have, <laughs> I, I have, I have been trained for years watching anime mm-hmm. that um, an opening theme is to allow you to to get into the universe for for the for the the second like however long the opening sequence is mm-hmm. that is your time to get into the mode of like oh I'm watching One Piece now or oh I'm watching Batman the animated series now. Okay. And, and that is like, that is basically the elevator pitch for the show. They took that very seriously which and is, made the intro 30 seconds. <laughs> which, which is interesting. Actually, it's not even that. I, be, okay, so be, I habitually skip intros all over the place because I don't want to be pulled in by the intro the, stuff. I want to be pulled in by the story itself. Well, okay. But, okay. So look at it from the perspective of I am a, um, I am a kid. Um, you know, teenager going through, you know, just kind of flipping through channels mm-hmm. and I happen to have this and they're like, oh, Young Justice is coming on next. And then pff, goes right into the opening theme. Mm-hmm. If, I've, if I have no idea of what the show is and I have no pre-recollection of what I want to watch mm-hmm. and then I see this and I see, you know, in the, if if it is a good opening sequence, it should be able to pull me in to at least watch a little bit of the show, right? Which I think that this one accomplishes. Uh, well, like that. I said, it, it was a it was a solid opening that yeah. did that did its job. Like Stephen said, it is recognizable. Where mm-hmm. like if I was walking down the hall of you know somewhere and I heard it on on a TV, I I know it would be Young Justice. Yeah. Um, an ending theme is meant to basically wrap up the episode, which is generally what it's supposed to do. And while giving credits for you know the people that mm-hmm. actually worked on the show, which is important. Uh, it is also meant to add to add to the the feeling of the show. I don't know. How, endings are a little bit more nebulous, just because each show that I've watched normally change, uh, it treats them differently. Some mm-hmm. of them um, add actually more content to the show. Like so, if yeah. you watch like Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, uh, there is more content if you watch the actual ending of the episode um uh that that like it adds to each episode kind of thing yeah whereas like if you if you watch like young justice it's literally just a black screen with credits mm-hmm. and there's no uh, it's just a generic but superhero that, theme a score i mean it well like joel just said it's kind of a repeat of the intro mm-hmm. right which a, a little bit is obviously kind of potentially a lost it's like a reprise opportunity because it didn't make an impression on me 
right? Like there is a chance to sell something more or even to kind of come down. Cause I, I kind of get what you're saying about how outros have a different, like intro, the purpose is sell the show. Yeah. yeah. It, it, you, it has to hooked. be the, the quintessential elevator mm-hmm. speech of like, this is what the show's about. This is what you can possibly expect to see. And here it is. Mm-hmm. And, and the outro should really probably, depending on the contents of the show, be a decompression from that. Mm-hmm. It, it, a lot of anime, the outro is lighter yeah. or more wholesome, especially oddly enough, when the, the material inside is not, <laughs> I feel like mm-hmm. there'll be, there'll be really heavy themes. And then we get the little, just the, the, the single girl dancing yeah. to a, to a peppy song for the mm-hmm. outro. And she's kind of like, okay, I get it. Y'all are trying to like set me back on my feet to send me out on my day. Now that the episode is done. Uh, so for that one, I would just kind of say, yeah, it's just a lost, lost, missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. If you're just kind of reprising it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not like, obviously, I, I mean, I gave it a seven. I didn't, I didn't hate what they were doing. I, Again, the intro did its job. I, I just, I, my biggest complaint would just be, hey, there were some decent musical pieces in here, but they were kind of soft and subtle and they were just overshadowed. Like it wasn't, it wasn't properly presented to you yeah. in the show. I, I, I did think um, Aqualad's, um, some of his themes are like kind of like motifs, I guess, that, that mm-hmm. he got, especially whenever he was in uh, Atlantis fighting Black Manta, Manta Black yeah. Manta. Um, like that was that was a pretty solid episode for music, um, mm-hmm. but everything else didn't really jive. But I mean, really, I just knocked it most for the ending because that's just a missed opportunity. That's, that's to really catch that's more. really interesting because I literally could not care less <laughs> because the show's <laughs> over, right? And like I'm I'm done. I'm gone. I'm moving on to the next episode. It's still part of the runtime. Well, it's that, part of the, it's part of the runtime because it has to be, not because it's got no, but anything to add. No, no, no that's that totally wrong. I'm, more, <laughs> I'm way more on Andrew's side here than nothing else. Because it is you the intro hooked you, the show was decent, and now the the exit like there's a reason why a lot of shows put you know, next time on Dragon Ball Z. They want to hook you for the next show. The outro is an opportunity to continue to sell you to tune in next week. Yeah. Right. And if it's if it's just nothing, you you are losing an opportunity just by default. Yeah. Like so it, it's it's not that like this one particularly. I mean, because like you said, it's more of just a reprised um, section of mm-hmm. the opening, which is fine because the opening song is good. However, there's no animation to it. There is That's there not is a score. That's no, not but, a score component. No, though. but that, I mean, you you it is opening. Op- I mean, like I wouldn't put an opening sequence. Well, I don't know. Like, like I'm, I'm totally on board that it's a lost opportunity to sell me on some more music mm-hmm. and it isn't ultimately an animated show. You should have something behind it, but the actual lack of animation, okay, it doesn't, okay, it doesn't fit fair. in the I, score. I yeah. will, I will retract that, uh, <laughs> but I mean, strike that from the record, but yeah, no, I mean, it's really just, I just consider it a missed opportunity okay. and, and like, so if you want to take like, I'm pretty sure we're all in line for everything else that we kind of talked about for the score. Yeah. So like. I knocked it two points for not having a good ending. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and at the end of the day, the intro and the outro, if you actually watch the whole show, is what you're going to hear the most of. Like an individual villain's theme, you may get twice for 26 sure. episodes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, that, it needs to be good. Yeah, because that's the other thing too. And um, like, so you have 26 episodes, right? Mm-hmm. That is um, uh, 52 ver- uh, in- instances of an opening and ending. Which I'll watch maybe thirteen of. That's that is a irrele- <laughs> that's completely irrelevant of what but, you do. But if it but if it was a really good intro and a really good outro, that number might go up. No, nah, not really. <laughs> like thirteen, thirteen, thirteen is is generous, right? Well, because and, like and, I watch I watch the the intro one time for sure because I want to see what's there, right? And then 
after that, I will skip through it. And then I will watch the outro only so long as it takes for the watch next episode button to come up. And that is how I treat every single show on streaming services. That's incredible. <laughs> but, but okay, but see, that's the thing though, is like, if you were watching this on broadcast TV, then I would have just turned off the TV. Like, no, I don't but, just but, sit through. No, 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 no. You're missing the point here is the, the point is, is that you as a kid watching this show now have to have a hook to stay tuned for the next episode if it's like a back-to-back um time time slot so let's say five o'clock mm-hmm. um this is the hour first of epi- justice league yeah justice hour and let's say th- that was your first episode you ever watched and the episode wasn't one of the better ones and now you're you are sitting in the last 30 seconds of this episode and it's just a big black screen with nothing else on there and it's just a really boring song would you tune back in if it the, but the then, ending the ending being like the the credits having an exciting theme does not bear into that decision at all. Like 0%. Man. Okay. We're just, we're dealing with two different personalities here. <laughs> we're not going to come to again, just like we're, <laughs> we, we're going to move forward. The, the split is less dramatic, but we need to move forward. Okay. The philosophical differences I'm are gonna, yeah, I'm staggering. Go Unreconcilable. <laughs> I'm going first this time. All right. Plot. Um, this is the plot score. Yep. Okay. So the plot, mm-hmm. I give it seven. Okay. Right. Um, yeah. I, I felt that uh, basically all of my my real misgivings with uh, the plot really just come with the general theme of the show because it is based in the DC universe. Sure. Yeah, and I one I think comic books um, they're just not for me, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to go into why every why I I think superpowers are silly because I watch a lot of anime. But um, <laughs> yeah, that that's a, a little bit of kettle little, and little, pot. little hypocritical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's really more on just I, I'm just not a big superhero guy. Sure. So a lot of the 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 individual episode plot lines mm-hmm. just didn't really kind of do it for me. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna talk about some of the stuff I did like. Okay. Um, one thing that I, I found absolutely fascinating and very um, happy that a kid show did this was they had a partial partial episode um, whenever they're on the island where Bane is kind of like the good guy bad guy. Yeah. And the first section of the whole episode is all in subtitles because mm-hmm. they're all like speaking Spanish, Spanish. Yeah. And for a kid show to do that, it is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy that um, they are introducing younger kids to, hey, sometimes you just have to read subtitles mm-hmm. for, to or, get. To, or hey, sometimes if you go somewhere, you're just not going to know what's being said. Yeah. Unless you learn the language. Exactly. Yeah. And I thought that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I was um, I was very excited for that. And unfortunately they only did that one episode. Maybe there what, was some stuff in Malaysia. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, um, or fake South Korea. Yeah. Um, just Korea. It's just fake. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> Oh, uh, Kurok was the one I was trying to say. Yeah. Cause there was some of that in the, the, oh, the, yeah, the fake, yeah. the mm-hmm. fake middle East. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean like I thought that was really cool and, mm-hmm. and it's very rare that you see, uh, uh kid shows do that. Mm-hmm. And that, that kind of shows, I'll say more of the progressiveness that, that they had going into Young Justice, despite being basically greenlit for toy sales. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I really liked, uh, and I kind of mentioned it earlier, um, Connor Kent and uh, Miss Martian's main storylines were mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, very compelling. And go figure, they're the main characters of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to be interesting. They need to to grab you on mm-hmm. an every episode of like, oh, I, I really hope that, you know, because you know they're not going to get hurt. Yeah. Or, or they're not going to get they can't die. Yeah. Like the, they can the, be emotionally harmed. Yeah. It is, it is not that kind of show. Mm-hmm. 
So now, because it's not that kind of show, you have to have emotional stakes in it. And yeah. I thought they did a very good job with with kind of giving you those emotional stakes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like overall, I, 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 I also like that it was a serialized thing and not episodic, yeah. Yeah. Uh, meaning that every single every single plot point, while may not be directly related, there are still parts of each episode that were connected to each other. Yeah. And I, I think on that, like they did a really good job progressing something important with every episode. I think the weakest one from that perspective was the harm episode where it was kind of the, the, the duo Artemis and Zatanna mm-hmm. episode where they, mm. they just kind of run into this random it was bad weird. guy. And that, that was still an important <laughs> villains everywhere. <laughs> that was still an important episode for, for Artemis's progression because like she she is deciding whether or not to trust the team with her mm. secret yeah. over the course of that episode. Um and for as as short a period of time as Zatanna was in the show, I was I really enjoyed her arc as well. Cause like I mean she's thoroughly a tertiary character. Yeah. But but losing her father, even though he's still alive, he's he's kind of the prisoner of Dr. Fate. <laughs> At this point, as a substitution for a decision for her because of a decision that she made. But like then it's kind of, you know, it's I always feel it's like those kind of decisions that they have to make where like she had to for them to survive the the, mm. the plight that they were in. She had to do that. Yeah. And now like like, I mean, obviously, you know, if there was another way that they could have done it to to like not have her wear the, yeah. the fake and, head and, or whatever. And with things like this where you have superpowers and you have, you know if you have enough time, you can think of anything to do, but Mm -hmm. you have, when you apply time pressures to things like this, that's where the stakes really get to go up in a believable manner. Right. And well, and from, for specifically that type of character, anytime that a magician is inserted into Marvel or DC, (laughs) generally speaking, they are a catch all character of, Hmm, we made a really weird plot point and we need a solution. Who can pull solutions out? Oh yeah, magician. That's like, well, <laughs> literally what they do. So just you just you have a solution for this because yeah. you're you can do anything as far as we know because your your scale and magic system is never going to be explained. Yeah. Uh, so it's good that they can actually do something more with the kid. It's it's the same Superman problem of well, if you're that strong and can solve all problems, then how do we attack you? And mm-hmm. it has to be emotional or psychological in mm-hmm. nature, basically. Yeah. 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 Okay, so I guess I'm going to take it next. Sure. Uh, I gave it an eight. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'm going to say it. This is a kid's show. There are a lot of professional show writers currently making money <laughs> <laughs> who could take some notes about how, and I'm not going to claim to you that they sat down with a story ready to go from day one, but, but there are a lot of professionals out there who could take some notes about how to either have a cohesive outline or how to make the pieces fit together cohesively throughout because this is 26 episodes. There is basically no filler. Yeah. I mean, even yeah. stuff like, oh, you know, McGann is going to go try out for the cheerleading team, which I, sorry, Andrew, in any anime, that is filler. Oh, no, no, no. I, like I, 100%. I'm not disagreeing. And, and for that episode, that's actually pretty great for her character development, yep. Connor's character development, their interactions, and the, the major theme of, well, how do you find yourself? How do you belong, et cetera? And it really lays the groundwork for you to understand how thoroughly she is adopting this this mm-hmm. this persona. other persona because she, she doesn't want to be who she is. Once you've once you 
run into the evidence of this show mm-hmm. that in universe she had been watching been and has has based her entire persona around. And I again this is this is a writing thing, et cetera, but big props. They made her alien. Mm-hmm. Like not in form per se, but just who she is, how she acts, how she reacts. Like from her the instant she's introduced and she talks to them all telepathically and then she has to be told, hey, back down, like this is you know, where we where don't you do are. that on where, earth. Well, yeah. where, where you're from, this is natural because everyone does this here. It's going to be the, uh, the, the difference. And it's going to feel very personal and invasive for everyone else and where those boundaries are. Uh, so just those kinds of pieces also for uh Superboy Connor Kent of, of his kind of thing where they, they do a good job of making them feel again, they were the two most compelling stories, mm-hmm. making them feel the outsider and actually being, different not just ooh, i'm just so different and, and an outsider then they're just they're just another person yeah <laughs> they were they were legitimately who they were and their conflicts felt real because of it but but seriously any writer out there just take some notes on on, on how to structure this and make everything feel relevant <laughs> i mean the events of episode one are, are relevant throughout mm-hmm. yeah we, i mean we talk about the the, the two-part ish where you have the the simulation death and this thing and we go through kind of the ramifications of that. And these things, they all build up over time. You know, Joel, yeah. you said it, how each time they they resolve some internal conflict, if it hadn't been resolved in that manner, that could have had impacts later. Mm-hmm. And it's true throughout. And it just keeps building up over time. And that, again, it's a kid's show. It could have just been, and remember kids, always drink your Ovaltine <laughs> or whatever. And then the next episode, we're all just idiots playing video games or, you know, whatever mm. in the, in the, it's not the bat cave, but this in the justice cave. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're not, we're not here to talk about how half the battle battle is knowledge and the other half is 25% red lasers and 25% blue lasers or whatever. Like <laughs> it, it was actually a structured show. And again, as an adult who, which I, you know, I watched on my own, I've watched, I think, two of the four seasons. I don't think if I got into the third one or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then obviously we watched it for this. Uh, it's, it's a real pleasure to be able to sit down and not just like be force fed nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I'll let you go in just a second. I just yeah. wanted to, I wanted to note um, for, for basically all of uh, Connor Kent's um, kind of storyline and stuff. I thought it was, I thought it was very good until they got to basically the performance enhancing drugs, um, the, the patches, uh, the patches yeah. or whatever. And I wish that they would have gone maybe a little bit further with it and actually shown a lot more negative consequence to him using it. Yeah, maybe it, 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 I don't think that what they were trying to hit on was drugs. They were trying, they, they, what, what they hit on looked like drugs, but what they were trying to go for was the, the absentee father figure issue more, right? Because he's trying to be Superman. Yeah. He's trying to fill those shoes. And so with, and so like, even though, yeah, it looks like it's, he's taking drugs, but it's not, that wasn't the point of the story that they were trying to tell. And so I, I can see you wanting to go in that direction. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, but I don't think it was wrong of them narratively speaking not to oh yeah it's, I mean, it's, i'm not it's really knocking it show. we don't need to collapse into like rent here no, no no no, no. <laughs> I, like i'm not really knocking it for that it's really more just i wish that if they were trying to go for that angle which mm-hmm. they may or may not have um 100 oh, they were um then uh because <laughs> his, his whole story is well actually the whole story of just about everybody 
all of the major characters is, is about identity, who they're trying, yeah, who they're well, trying to no, but, emulate. Like, yeah, and I, I'm really to. more just saying that I wish that like they should have they should have had more negative consequences for him utilizing those patches beyond just him getting angry. It was it, it went back to the trust thing though, right? Because it was it was a yeah. thing that he was hiding. Yeah, and and so the negative consequences were not so much immediate and physical as they were, well, now the bad guys have a lever on him. Mm-hmm. And if they, if they didn't have the, the sharing session where they were honest with each other and accepting with each other, yeah. then that lever is really bad consequences because now they have all of these pieces that the bad guys control on the team. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, you can go. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so I more, I, I, I basically agree with everything you guys said, but I gave it a nine. Um, Wow, surprise. <laughs> so I I I think I want to hit back on the the sequential nature of the storytelling, mm-hmm. which is what you want to see in a serialized show. It did not have any filler episodes and it really hit on really grown-up themes for being a kid's show. Pre- presented in a manner that kids are going to accept yeah. and and and, and compartmentalize, or and in, in particular, Process. I think the 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 most ultimately impactful are the ones surrounding identity and mm-hmm. trust and acceptance. But the the hardest to to get through, and I think the most impressive that they did were the ones kind of in the first half of the season, which surrounded uh, leadership and what does it mean to be in a team. Yeah, which I really did like the the episode where. Basically, Robin tried to be a leader yeah. and then failed miserably. Right? Yeah, on, on the on Bane's island. Yeah, yeah. Because because they they go in and they just they don't have a good plan. They don't have coordination. They just everything is going wrong. And incrementally over the course of several missions, as they refine and they understand, okay, well, we have to have a leader, and it has to be Calder because he's the <laughs> only one that can do it. He's the only one that people. Will, he's 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 the only one that has the cross section of being able to do it. And, and willing people will willing listen to, listen. to him. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, then, then they're like, okay, well now there's an issue with, uh, we have, uh, got Intel that there's a mole on the team, but Calder decides to keep that a secret from the team because of a, a, a multitude of, of good mm-hmm. reasons. And, but they find out anyway. And so there's the, the issue of trusting his leadership. Well, what is it? what that's really raising and and what is really pointed out by his conversation with Captain Marvel is what does it mean to be a leader? Well, now, now you are the leader. You've, you know, as mm-hmm. a team, you've gone over that hurdle, but what, is that, what does that mean? How do you carry out those duties, not in a self-aggrandizing manner, oh, look at me, I'm the leader, but really um, taking care well, of the team's accepting safety. accepting the responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. And so being able to go through that as kind of the precursor to all of the really big character stuff, because mm-hmm. you already, you are, have already laid down the groundwork of this is how we operate to where that gives space for trust and acceptance to grow. Um, I just, I just thought it was so very impressive for them to, to be able to bring across in such a cohesive manner. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I like to, there's, there's a point that's made in another superhero thing that I've you know, read it's, it's of, of varying qualities, but I, I thought it was funny because it's it's kind of not self-referential, but kind of pointing out the meta, quote unquote. It's kind of one of those things like, oh, if superheroes lived in you know this current day and how it would affect like 
organized crime and, you know, drug lords, et cetera, because mm-hmm. they'd want to employ superheroes too. Uh, one of the th- points they make about having a good superhero team is that your leader has to be someone who is decisive, can make the shots, blah, 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 blah. And is also someone who won't just go down in the first couple of hits because if you have all your trust and built up in this person who just gets blown yeah. up in the first conflict, it's not helpful. Oh, I mean, that was, and that he, was, he fits that realm. Yeah. Well, I mean, but also too, uh, going back to to the the simulation episode mm-hmm. where he sacrifices himself so the rest of the team can get away, and and, <laughs> and Robin like posthumously calls him out on it. It's like, yeah, he did that. Now we don't have a leader. That was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because now he's like, now this is my problem. Yeah, I, I'm the next in line, and basically. and he's not as good. No, yeah. and so because well, he just doesn't have the experience. Oh, sure, yeah, like and and like I mean, this is I this guess. is out of scope, but he he is filling those shoes in the second season, mm-hmm. and so you get to see him because it's it's several years later. Is that when he turns into Nightwing? Yeah, he's Nightwing at that point. Yeah, yeah. um, and so there's there's a a lot of really cool so over the course of the whole show as a as a series there's a lot of fun growth as you each season focuses on kind of the new generation mm-hmm. um as, as they go with some of the old cast retained with new stories and yeah. stuff like that yeah so anyways now that we have finalized our technical discussion let's talk about these entertainment scores and how they land Joel looks a little Joel's got well, hands I mean, on hips there's there's no like Okay, so <laughs> to to frame this, there's been a lot of disagreement and a lot of lively debate um, about <laughs> yes. what what points are valid and what constitutes what scores and whatnot. Entertainment score is 100% subjective. Like Very, there is yeah. there is no argument to be made about well you're wrong because that's just wrong. Like you can't yeah, do that. I mean, not. some some of us don't like the theme and some of us do. Yeah, for sure. That's yeah. that's how it works. Yeah. Well, on that note of it being very subjective, I actually really like Andrew's standard of, hey, if I felt like I want to rewatch this and enjoy it deliberately, it needs to be at least a seven. I think he said really eight. an eight. Oh, an eight? eight. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, maybe my standards are a little lower because I gave it a seven <laughs> and I feel like it fell into the category of, did I hate the fact that I had to come back and rewatch it? No, I watched it on my yeah. own, of my own choice. And then when we hit upon, oh, well, we'll do this as something, you know, DC. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, cool. Like I... I'm not upset by this choice. I'm going to sit down and, you know, watch some shows and, and from a new perspective with maybe a little more clinical thought going yeah. into it. But at the end of the day, yeah, it's entertaining. There's no random junk filler. Most things have impact, which is what I really, that's what I want. Yeah. That's how you want, you want to entertain me. You know, don't, don't just put a bunch of flashy lights up there. Like show me that you're, you're going to connect things and they do. And that, that fulfills what I want. So mm-hmm. yeah, seven, it's not, is it a world beater? Do I want to go home and fire it? No, it's, I mean, it's, it still is a kid's show on some levels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, who's next? Uh, I mean, I'll go ahead and take it. It's, it's not surprising. I give it a nine. Um, this is a show that, I mean, that, I actually, yeah, I'm, I'm actually a little surprised. Um, that I didn't give it a 10. I'm a little prized. Yeah. There, there, <laughs> it is, there, there are points no, 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 where it subjective. could, have, you don't have to justify anyway. It. <laughs> there, there, there are points where it could be improved. Right, yeah. like it could it could be tighter than yeah. it is. Um, it 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 could have been done in I think eighteen episodes and yeah. still retained everything. So like uh, it, there there were no filler episodes. There was filler content. Th- there were definitely there was definitely so much of a rotating cast. Basically, anything that had to deal with magicians. 
<laughs> well, it, for for me, it's not the magicians, but it's the because um, because like none of the stakes are tied to what they can do, um, except for Zatanna because like she's just she's she, she's still she, new. She's new, right? Yeah. yeah. There's the, none of the stakes are tied to what they can do. It's it's the it's the relationships, but um, but you can do that without a magician. But like like all of the stuff that had to do with. Uh, the the outer space stuff uh-huh. like is just an immediate turnoff yeah. um, in, in both DC and Marvel for me. And, and so there was, there was a significant portion of a couple episodes that were dedicated to that. And so that brings it down. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, in my mind, but this is, this is a show that I have rewatched three times um and like for a 26 episode show that's that's, yeah, that's something that's, that's, yeah, that's a decent good. amount of I mean, you, that's you nine hurdled, and a half hours worth of content yeah minimum yeah you hurdled both my bar and andrew's bar for rewatch ability so let's see what andrew has to say <laughs> i gave it a four okay oh <laughs> um uh, and again i kind of touched on this in, in plot um i am not a comic book guy yeah i never yeah. grew up as a comic book guy um there are shows that i have watched like batman the animated series that I've genuinely loved. And um, I, I hope that, you know, at some point maybe we will review it, but um, I mean, it's a good show. There are definitely flaws to it, mm-hmm. um, it, but I've never, I never really watched like any of the justice league or anything like that. I've, uh, and basically like any other superhero thing that I've watched is just mainstream films that exist. Yeah. Uh, which so, by and large are not good. So yeah, <laughs> at least DC wise, DC ones. Yeah. So, you know, like I've seen every single superhero movie that's come out besides, I guess like Shazam, I think is the, the latest one. That one, that one was like, okay. So if you, if you've got like the two good DC films and then mm-hmm. all of the bad DC films, this one is in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> and so like a lot of my misgivings with the show is I would never watch it again just because it's DC. Yeah. Um, and I think magicians are silly. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I mean, like when the when the first episode happens and at the, or, uh, at the sec- end of the second episode where like all the Justice League. Come yeah, because like the opening gambit's kind of a two part. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they all come down and there's a dude in a top hat and mm-hmm. a tux just floating by himself. I just I was like, OK, this is just ridiculous <laughs> because like I, you know, I know who all the, the main players are, mm-hmm. but at some point. You know, like they're like we're in like B, C tier list heroes <laughs> and there were three archers in the show. Mm-hmm. There oh, needs gosh. to be one. <laughs> yeah, they the the archer thing kills me because it's just like, what is it about the bow that give change it up? Give me a swordsman. Yeah. No, do no, something else. Yeah, give me something I, different. I, I will end on something good. Um, The. If if I was ever, you know, um, just kind of walking through, you know, like just kind of going through channel surfing and and whatnot mm-hmm. and Young Justice happened to be on and it was the episode where basically they all die or the episode after that. <laughs> Andrew's favorite episode, uh, they all die. <laughs> <laughs> or or the episode where um, where Miss um, Martian is um, fighting Cyman or mm-hmm. Simon. Simon. It's uh, literally Simon says. <laughs> It's incredibly obnoxious. Anyways. Uh, but but I would I would sit down and watch those episodes because yeah. th- those were good episodes and those were entertaining enough for me to rewatch those. But the the series as a whole, you would have to pay me money. OK. All right. Well, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen, Patreon.com. <laughs> <Fillers intended podcast. laughs> 
<laughs> we'll have a special tier <laughs> make Andrew Justice watch the League. show again. <laughs> hey, hey, if you fifteen dollars an episode, if you what does if it cost? Want to pay us What's money price? Um, for for Patreon.com dollars and just force me to watch Young Justice over and over again? I will do it. We'd, Andrew will do a lot out of I, out of spite I, and, and for money and for money <laughs> and especially so, for money out of spite. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to give us those Patreon dollars and specifically say this is for Andrew <laughs> to rewatch, is there is there a field on the website where where <laughs> people can do anything like that? Oh yeah, no. If they if you just want give money, like you mm-hmm. can just be like, I just want to give you five dollars okay. this month or whatever. You you could put a, you put a little message with it. So yeah, yeah. Okay. no, no, seriously, dude, please, I. <laughs> Yeah, well, or if you want to, okay, like, and so this is the other thing too, is I'll, I'll, I'll send out, you know, and, and this is completely a shameless shill here. Uh, so I'm, I have absolutely no intention to watch any of the other Young Justice seasons. If you want to, if you want to try and make it right to make tier. me, to make me change my mind about how I like this show. You can pay us money on Patreon.com. <laughs> podcast. We need make a, make a tier that it's not rewatch season one. It's season two push him into the music yeah, yeah. Right. oh and it's like it's like we have we have goals because it's like 15 dollars an episode or something he's like oh we're 50 percent there <laughs> but we won't pull the trigger until yeah. we're all fully funded <laughs> anyways on that note that Lunch sounds like kickstarter all <laughs> well before i was so rudely interrupted by my own laughter that sounds like all the time we have for this episode until next time, I'm Steven. I'm Andrew. And I'm Joel. And every spoiler was intended. <laughs> <laughs>